All right, I'm going to get Michelle to come on up. All right. This is very exciting to have you with us, Michelle. Uh, Roy and I sat down and we looked at uh, folk that we wanted to invite to come along and speak to us on May Missions Month. And uh, I think Roy threw you under the bus and said, what about Michelle? Is that right? Am I hearing that? I'm remembering it. Uh, and then you said yes, and we're very excited about that. So just a bit of a Q&A with you because, you know, Roy and I know you a bit. People here may not. So Michelle, I just keep saying you're Michelle. So what's your full name? It's Michelle, and um, I'm a local. I live at Bedina, and I'm married, and I have three sort of grown-up children, as grown-up as your children get. <laughs> Any amens to that one for those of us that have got grown-up children? Yeah. Now, Michelle, you're a local. Um, what things are you involved in here on the coast? Okay, so 2012, um, I won't go in back any further, but 2012, um, I joined Destiny Rescue. And um, I actually went to Tony, our founder, and said, um, I want to come work for you. God's put on my heart that you need to open up down in New South Wales. So I actually packed... I moved two of my grown-up children out of the house. Um, my husband was a FIFO worker. Um, at the time, I had a 10-year-old son and a dog, and we moved to Sydney and opened up Destiny Rescue in New South Wales. And God did amazing things. <coughs> and in 2014, I became the CEO of Destiny Rescue. So I got to come back home again. Very good. And at the moment, you're involved in a couple of groups. Um, and you're a chaplain? I am. So I'm going to tell the story in a little while. Don't you steal my thunder too early. Um, so at the moment, um, I am a chaplain. I'm a little bar state school, and that's part of the story I'm going to share with you. But um, I'm also the founder and the CEO of a charity called Just Cause Australia. And what Just Cause Australia does is we rescue and we give safe homes to children in Australia that have been uh, sexually abused or victims of domestic violence. All right, so we've got some interesting things coming up there. Who's ready to hear a bit of Michelle's story? Who's ready to get Donny off stage? Yeah, it's all yours. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for Michelle. We thank you for the ministry that she has. We ask, Lord God, that you would just freshly empower her with your Holy Spirit and may she share your words to us today in your name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. So good morning everyone and um, I'm really excited to be here today to share, share a story with you. Um, back in my Destiny Rescue days I used to come up um, at churches and businesses and I used to have a really flash PowerPoint and um, you know it did a lot of the work for me. And I said to God, oh two weeks ago maybe, you know how am I going to do this God? And God said, get up and share your story. And I was like, can I have some pictures? Can I have some videos? And he said, no. He said, be raw, be you. So that's who you've got today. So as I said, um, I'm local. I have three children. And up until three years ago, I was the CEO of Destiny Rescue. Now, God gave me that job back in 2012. I prayed. Uh, I went on a team trip, and I know you've just not long had Nerily and Paul here, so you know all about Destiny Rescue and also as a church you support it. 
Um, and when God gave me my mandate to join Destiny Rescue, I said to our founder, Tony, you'll never get rid of me. You've got me forever. You'll have to, you know, literally, I will handcuff myself to the desk if you ever get rid of me. But at the same time, God downloaded into me that it was my job to show the love of Christ to people, to bring people to the Lord. It wasn't my job to save the world. That was his job. So we're going to go back to December 2018. I was the CEO of Destiny Rescue and I loved my job. And um, anyone who knew me back then, I lived, I breathed. Destiny Rescue was my world. And I still love Destiny Rescue and I can still live and breathe it. But every Christmas we would shut the office for two to three weeks and it was usually the only break through the year I got and I would fast and I would pray in those two weeks and I would ask God, what does the new year hold? Am I going back to Destiny Rescue? What am I doing? And every year, 2014, 15, 16, God would say, you're going back. You're going to do wondrous things in my name. 2018... He said, it's time to go. And I was like, no, I didn't hear that right. Have you ever been like that? You get a word from God and you don't like it. So you're like, no, I'll have to go and pray that one again. So I kept praying and I kept hearing, it's time to go. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm happy. I'm doing really great things with you, Lord. And he said, it's time to go. So I went and met with my spiritual mentor and I said, God's told me I have to leave. And he said, oh, oh, you know, God doesn't tell you things like that. And I'm like, well, he told me that. I'm going to keep praying. Now, a bit of background. At that time, I was the main wage earner in our family. So my husband had been a FIFO worker and he'd come home 12 months earlier and he wasn't able to find a full-time job. So he's doing little bits and pieces, and if I'm being totally raw today, he was bringing home $100 a week. So I was the main breadwinner, and those who are in missions know that the pay is not great, but it was enough. You know, it paid the bills, and it, you know, bought us takeaway some nights, and it let us have a couple of nights out, so it was all good. So for God to say it's time to go and give up a wage, and I'm the responsible one in our family, I think so anyway, Um, to then be able to turn around to my husband and say, I'm going to leave Destiny Rescue, he said to me, are you crazy? And I said, well, if it's the Lord's way, he'll make a way. And I remember praying this night, saying to God, I'll do it, but you need to show me that um, the rent will be paid. Now, maybe three days later... Craig got a phone call and got offered a job. And the pay was our rent plus $50. So glory to God. I didn't think to pray for any extra. I just asked for the rent to be paid. Lesson learnt there for next time. Um, So then we got into January, end of January, and our founder Tony was in Australia. So I thought, radio, God, I'm going to go meet with Tony and I'm going to tell Tony what I think you're saying And I'm pretty sure Tony's going to say, no, God didn't say that, you're not leaving me. And if that happens, I'm not going. So I went and met Tony for a coffee and 
had a chat with him and told him what I believed that God was trying to tell me. And I sat there quite smugly waiting for him to go, no. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? I'm getting that feeling too. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, no. Anyway, I decided that God was right and I needed to listen. So I put my resignation in that day. But I kept saying to him, you know, it's okay. Like, I won't go till we find someone. If it takes six to 12 months, that's fine, blah, 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 blah. Um, And it took us till May 2019. And I had my last day at Destiny Rescue. And I was scared and I was excited and... um, I was, ex- I was excited to, to spend a bit of time with God and I thought I was going to spend, you know, maybe two, three weeks at home and then God was going to open the next door. Wow, was I wrong. So I left Destiny Rescue and this mightn't surprise you guys but it surprised me. I got really, really sick. Um, I don't know whether it was let down or God was showing me that it was time to get me well. I um, have never felt so sick in my life. I was getting daily migraines. I was getting dizzy spells to the point that I couldn't drive our car. And I got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. So I would be driving and adrenaline would just hit me. And I would be shaking and I would get dizzy and I would get hot and flustered. So um, I was really ill. So I decided to stay at home um, and just retire from the world for a while while I tried to get better. And um, during that time, I'd said to God, do with me what you will, use me as you will. And I think God just went, yes, she's finally agreed. And he jumped in and um, he really stripped me back raw. He stripped me back to nothing. Um, At the time, probably a month in, my husband Craig started to say, "Um, you know, do you think it's time you start to look for a job now? And I could hear God, he was saying, wait. And I'm like, at the beginning, no, no, it's not time yet. And then we got to month three and we got to month four and we got to month five and Craig was saying, you know, like, do you think you should get a job yet? And he was getting a little bit pushier in asking me. And I could still hear God saying, wait. And I was like, what do I do, God? I've got my husband saying this and I've got my God saying that and... I'm really conflicted. Can you please give God, give Craig the grace to let me walk this journey with you? He's not understanding. And glory to God, Craig kept saying it, but he kept giving me grace. And um, here we are three years later. Um, so he gave me a lot of grace. Um, we got to November, and um, it's not my story to tell. And I will tell it another time if I have the permission of my son. But my son tried to commit suicide. And that just really threw me back into a tailspin of being sick again. And I kept saying to God, you know, on one hand I wanted to go out to work. But on the other hand I was so blessed that I was able to be at home when Bailey was going through this. Um, And you don't, you know, not to take anything away from Bailey's story. He was going through his stuff. But as his mother... I was going through a lot of stuff and I was trying to keep all our family together as well. And praise God, you know, three years down the track, he is now about to turn 18 and life has completely turned for him and he's amazing. So glory to God for that. We got to 2020 and the pandemic hit. 
and life as we knew it got very different. The world closed down. So for me, I wasn't, I wasn't overly worried, to be honest, because I was retreating anyway. Um, but again, I'd realised God had broken me down to nothing and he was going to start to rebuild me. I had to have humility. I had complete dependence on God. I didn't want to socialise with people. And even Christians would say to me, yeah, I don't think God's doing that. Yeah, I don't think God's saying that to you. And that would really put me into a tailspin because then I would go home and I would be saying, God, what are you doing to me? Is this really you or is this me? Is it you or is it my flesh? Like, am I, did I become lazy? And I really had no idea. So I decided that I was going to be obedient and just listen to God. Was it easy? No. Was it fun? No. Do I loathe the word wait? Yes. Um, you know, God used to, when I would complain, which was sometimes daily, God would say, do you trust me? And I would say, yes, I trust you, Lord, do with me as you will. And he would say, wait. That was all I'd get. So one day in the middle of a tantrum when I was crying on the, the kitchen floor, I heard God say, do you trust me? And I said, no, I don't. I don't. I just, I'm sorry. I'll repent for it later, but I don't trust you. And you know what he said to me? He said, wait. So there you go. As I said, I had complete, complete dependence on God. I had a complete relationship with God. He was my father. He was my mentor. He was who I just went to. He was my best friend because I didn't have any other friends because I'd shut myself away. So it was complete dependence on God. So in 2021, I'm getting better. I'm starting to think, you know, maybe it's time to have coffee with a few people. Maybe it's, you know. So I'm starting to stick my head out of the hole. And I was praying to God, you know, I'm waiting, but, you know, if I'm missing anything, just sort of, you know, let me know. And I started to get this idea of starting a charity. And it filled me with dread. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do that. And it kept coming up in my spirit, start a charity. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I was scared because I was so broken from leaving Destiny Rescue. I was scared because, you know, when I worked for Destiny Rescue, I had people around me. I had lawyers. I had accountants. I had all these people with all this knowledge to, to guide me through. And God's asking me to start this thing. And I have nothing no ex- experience, but not that experience. So I said um, no to him a few times, probably more than a few. Um, and in March, he kept it kept coming up. So I was like, you know what, God, I'll make you a deal. I will make a phone, couple of phone calls and I'll start the process. And if any doors are shut, then I'm putting the idea away. So I started to make phone calls and I started to do research. And... Um, I made a phone call to the Department of Child Services and I don't know, it's a God thing because I'm not that smart. On the day I rang, one of the big bosses answered the phone because they were short-staffed through COVID and I got this, you know, quite high up in Department of Child Services. And I started to ask, you know, what were the stats, what were they doing, what was happening, how did it work? because I'd been sort of told by people it was really hard to start a charity in Australia. There was a lot of red tape. Um, And she said to me, 
that when a child is abused and they're taken out of their home, there is a 30 to 90 day period where docs, Department of Child Services, have to go in and do investigation to prove or disprove it to see what's happening and get all their ducks in a row. So the child doesn't go into foster care, the child goes to a safe place. And they didn't have enough safe places um, through the pandemic. I'll give you some stats in a little while. They didn't have enough safe places, so they were putting children in coming out of this horrible situation into nursing homes for that 30 to 90 days while they you know, worked out whether they could go back home or whether it was long-term foster care. And I said to her, that's terrible. And she said, well, give me a solution. I don't, I've got nowhere else to put them. I can't leave them there. So I said to her, how can I help? Hence why Just Cause was born. Because the thought of a child coming out of such a horrible situation and having to go into a nursing home, just the thought of that happening to my children just broke my heart. So I rang my old state manager who had left Destiny Rescue and I said to him, God's put this on my heart, this is what I want to do, are you on board? And he said, well, I don't know your God like you do, but I know you count me in. So I had a partner, I had a business partner, I had an idea and I had a mission on what I was going to do. So we started, um, I started the paperwork and I started to write the constitution and do all the horrible things that I don't like doing that, you know, I was really scared that I didn't know how to do. Um, I spoke to my family and said, this is what I want to do. And my family just turned around and said, what took you so long? We knew you were going to go back to, to saving kids. So... We had it all done. I had the constitution done and I'd written policies and procedures and I didn't have a name. I really didn't have a name for it and um, I was praying and I was praying and I was praying and nothing was coming and my family and my little circle of friends, they were throwing names at me and I'm like, no, no, I'll know when I hear it. And this one day I was on Zoom and my uh, mentor was praying for me and um, I can remember it clearly. He said, you know, Lord, bless this woman. This is a just cause. It stands for truth, humility and justice. And he's still praying and I'm like, stop, 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 stop. That's the name. That's the name. God's filled me with peace. Just cause. That's what we'll stand for. Truth, humility and justice. So um, I don't think we actually even went back to praying at that point. We were just so excited that we had a name. So we registered it. Um, and then we waited. And I was really excited because it was it was May at that point last year. And I thought, coming up in the financial year, I can, you know, we'll have tax deductibility. And um, kept ringing ACNC and kept saying, have you approved it yet? And they kept saying, no, we're really short stuff with COVID. We're doing the best we can. And 30th of June came and went and we weren't approved. And... I was like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I had a chance to get some money for the charity. And the Lord said, wait. So I went back to waiting. And on the 4th of August, 2021, I got the official phone call to say we were registered. So that was very, very exciting. Um, so, as I said, Just Cause exists to stop the sexual assault and the domestic violence on all children within our society in Australia. And I don't want to spend today... Just watch on my time. I don't want to spend today 
telling you horrible things. You know them. You watch the news. You see the world we live in today. I will give you a few stats so that you know why I'm so passionate about what I do. And remember, in Australia, and I hear it a lot from people in the community, it's not happening in Australia, it's not, it is happening in Australia, it's just not as in your face as Thailand or Cambodia, it's more of a black market I guess or you know a dirty little secret that we we sort of push under the carpet but in 2020 there was 12,600 reported victims of abuse under the age of 15 in Australia and this made up 46% of all recorded sexual assaults In 2020, the illegal and the restricted online content grew by 95% in child sexual abuse. So in the lockdown, images and illegal videos online grew by 95% in child abuse. In in, In 2019 to 2021... One in 32 children under 17 are the recipients of child protection services. So when you think there's roughly 30 kids in a classroom, one child in every classroom is a recipient of child protection services. Now, the latest stats that I got from the federal government and from the Australian Federal Police, 90% of children assaulted will know their victims. It will be a parent, it will be... A relative, it will be um, a close family friend. One in five children will experience some sort of exploitation or assault before the age of 17. 98% of reports made by children are proven to be true. Children don't lie, they don't know these things to make up fibs. And children with a disability are two and a half times more at risk of exploitation and or assault. So you know what? That's not okay. That's not okay with me and it's just not okay. We live in a world where there are people out there trying to make this legal and I say no. And if I have to stand here and say it alone, I will. But I also have God on my side. He knows what's happening. He knows those stats. He's doing something about it. So I just want to jump over now to some scriptures that got me through the last three years, but especially the last 12 months while I was doing Just Cause. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God is no respecter of people. If he's done it for me, he's going to do it for you. You know, like I said, so many people said to me, God didn't say that. God wouldn't say that. And I forgot God spoke to me. He didn't speak to you to tell me. He didn't go and tell Pastor Donnie, oh, can you tell Michelle this? He spoke to me. So when someone says to you, God didn't say that, that's not true. You know what God said to you. And if God's giving you a plan, which he is, and he's going to prosper you, don't listen to outside voices. I can't encourage that enough. And then you jump into Matthew. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, I've been asking, seeking. I've been knocking that door down for three years. And it's open now. It's open. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I'll refute every tongue that accuses me. And I have said that a lot lately. I've come up against so much opposition in the last year for this charity. I've had to give it to God. I've had to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You're going to grow me through this, Lord, but it's not, it's not going to take me down. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So God's taken everything in the last three years and he's turned it into good for me. As I said, my son was going to commit suicide three years ago and it was a school chaplain that alerted me to the fact that it was going to happen. And now God's made me a school chaplain with more empathy towards those issues for the children. God's broken me down, bare, and he's grown me again. And he's given me the desires of my heart to help children. It's my happy place. While it's sad what I'm telling you, I get so much joy from helping just one child. And if I can only help one child, that's one child that won't have to go through horrible things. So my, my prayer for you guys today is that that mustard seed of faith that you have grows, that you have the relationship with God, that you feel comfortable, you feel confident, you know he's got a good plan for you, that you listen to it and you walk through it. Because as I said, if he's going to do it for me, he's definitely going to do it for you. So as I said, I didn't bring any flash things with me, but I do have some brochures. Um, on Just Cause, you can go onto our website. Um, yeah, just thank you for today. And as I said, I pray blessings and peace over you all and have a blessed rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. There are lots of good things going on and there's lots of bad things and that's why we need good people like us to, to go out and, and change those, those things and, and do God's work. So thank you, Michelle, for the wonderful work you're doing. Um, if you'd like to stand and join us for our last song, we're going to sing Grace Alone. Um, and I, and I, think that, I think that's fitting because although we might think to ourselves that we're, we're better than other people, the only reason that we have the ability to, to, to do good things and to, to be good is by God's grace and the forgiveness that he's given us for the bad things that we've done as well. Um, and, we, and we stand in that grace. <laughs>